Hello everyone and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. This is a special video game themed bonus episode for sometime in April. I'm your co-host and my Matter co-founder Nigel. I am Tazzy, co-host and streamer. And we have on our video game special episode a special guest, uh, Lau K, formerly of My Matter. Lau, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. Bro, Thanks for having me on the show. We agreed because you, you still retain a co-founder handle. So My Matter co-founder Lau. Yes. Cool. All right. So uh, just to remind people, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us feedback at feedback at mymatter.com or just shout us on social media, MyMatter on Twitter, MyMatterTees on Instagram, and Tazzy on both. Uh, so this is going to be a single topic episode. We're just here to talk about video games, but we wanted to get Lau on um, just because, well, you know, we've got nothing else to do, but we also wanted to get Lau's perspective on um, video games and video game streaming services. So this is really a discussion that kind of came up in the first few episodes of Story X Story, where we recapped E3 2019 happier days when E3 uh, was a thing that happened. And on the show, it kind of um, it came out that Lau doesn't actually play video games. And I think we had, uh, who do we have? We had Shay and uh, I think we had Annabelle from Melanin Gamers, um, if my memory serves. Yeah. So we had a little intervention trying to see if we can, how we can get Lau back with a controller in his hand. So I wanted to check in because Lau and I have had some discussions about game streaming services and also about the industry in general. So it's going to be an interesting debate and we're going to see if we're all still friends at the end of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into like uh, talking about specific streaming services, uh, Lau, if you just update us on sort of, because not to, I realize I've just paid a certain picture, but not to say you've never played games, you have played a lot of games. So just tell us a bit about what you were into and why you stopped. Yeah, I think it's worth like putting some uh, context on this because um, if you knew me back in the day, you would know that I was the gamer of gamers. Um, I was into gaming like way, 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 way back. Um, my first taste of gaming was on an Apple computer. Um, I don't even know the name. I think it was a Macintosh back when the screens were green, just to kind of date me. Like, if you guys don't know what that means, then you know, like, I'm proper OG in this game. Yeah, that's a long but, time. Um, yeah, we would play, like, Summer Games 80, whatever. I don't know what, what year it was, um, where you had to kind of mash the, the space bar to make your little sprite run as fast as it could and other little bits and bobs. Um, from there, I went on to a ZX Spectrum. Um, and again, if you don't know what that is, um, it's a, well, 
<laughs> it's basically like a Commodore 64, and if you don't know what that is, then yeah, yeah. you're just going to have to Google that. If you but, don't know um, what that is, you've got to uh, enjoy your long life ahead of you, because you've yeah. got many years. Yeah, but um, basically, um, those those games were okay. I mean, loading times were like 10 minutes. How about that, guys? Actually, I think loading times are quite long, long or they have been longer in recent times, haven't they? Yeah. But yeah. just that the games are just massive now so much bigger yeah yeah so it's, funny it's how... a different it's the same load in time different problem you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's funny how things go around like that but um yeah back in the day you would have to listen to all this horrible kind of like modem like sounds um while your game is loading for 10 minutes um but uh yeah i, mo- I graduated from that and then um after a lot of begging and whining um my dad eventually got me a super nintendo um, which became kind of like the my real first console, as I would consider it. Um, and I had Mario All-Stars, um, which was really cool because it had like four different Mario games, including the Lost Levels, whatever that was. Um, and um, I basically used that and combined it with Business Savvy to swap for multiple games at a time, and then I would swap my swaps. Um, and I don't know how, but like my dad never bought me a single game. But by the time I was done... Um, and we were moving on to the Nintendo 64, I ended up with quite a few games in my library. I don't know what I did, but somehow my bartering skills um, served me well. So, um, yeah, I was really into platformers back then. Um, I'd never really got into RPGs until later. Um, but to cut a long story short, we, we've been a Nintendo house through and through. Um we did have a stint with the Dreamcast. My my older sister got one. I think she just wanted to have the latest thing. Uh, and to be frank, it was me and my brother that were playing it all the time. Uh, got into a lot of JRPGs. Um, it was during this time I found out about Jet Set Radio, which I think is one of the best skating games ever made. But you know, that's oh, I do debate. actually remember you uh, raving about that game. Such a great game. I mean, yeah. If anyone's listening that knows, yeah, you know you know but um yeah then after that obviously it was kind of like the death of sega r.i.p um but obviously it continued in multiple sonic games (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i shouldn't laugh um but that's really the, the only way i remember sega kind of living on but um uh, yeah, but I, the Dreamcast was uh, one of my favorite consoles, and then obviously from there we had like uh, the GameCube. But never really got into the whole PlayStation, to be honest. Um, but after that, eventually, you know, we went from the GameCube to the Wii, and then yeah, I eventually yeah. got a PS3. And we Xbox. actually just to add because I do remember we got the Wii on launch day, uh, and we skipped a lecture to do that <laughs> just wanted to to drop that in that was, it was <laughs> so pretty that, epic it was, it was yeah it was epic. we were was going to get yeah mm. yeah that's interesting the story yeah. like you're like uh the middle like oh, no wait sorry towards the end of your story is like very much mine like uh very much a Nintendo house I was and then after having the Wii faded I eventually got a PS3 after having a boyfriend that wouldn't let me play Call of Duty uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you uh (laughs) opened my gaming world a massive amount um 
wouldn't let me play Call of Duty on his console. So I was like, fine, I'm going to get my own. (laughs) So I uh, saved up my pocket money and bought myself a PS3. And uh, whooped his up. No, actually, I didn't. But I did (laughs) play with his friends on Call of Duty, which he didn't like. Um, And then eventually I got a 360 and now I'm an Xbox girl. But still a Nintendo girl. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel think, like, like I've got to add my my like oh, as well. I don't know if we're going in this direction, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's actually kind of like a bit patchwork because uh, I had the uh, NES and I remember playing because you know like back then you you would get games built into the built into the system uh, and I had Alex the Kid, which like scarred me in not like a necessarily bad way, but it was a game where you get hit once and you you die and you go back to the beginning of the game mm. and just when I was that young I just that was just a tough concept to to grasp um just that kind of loss and going back to the whole beginning of the game so that that game scared me to play but anyway uh and then uh I didn't actually have a, a SNES but I had a friend who had one and he lived close enough that I could just go and play that um and then I got uh, N64, my favorite uh, console, just like the console I had sort of favorite memories of. Mm. Uh, and then at some point I switched to like PC and I just became like exclusively PC gaming. So I missed the most of the, the PlayStation, um, PS2, uh, that kind of era because I was just like, nope, PC is, is better. I'm sticking with this. Had many <laughs> arguments about that. Um, and then eventually my arguments must have just like dried out because I then got, I had an Xbox 360 uh, until the Red Ring of Death sort of mm. ended that. Uh, and then I jumped on the PlayStation. No, I didn't have, I didn't need to get a PlayStation 3 because I knew someone with a PlayStation 3, but I did get a PlayStation 4. <laughs> See, it's very, very. Right. And then somewhere in there, I had a I had a Wii because, uh, like I said, me and Lau skipped the lecture to go and get one. So, yeah, mine's just been all over. Oh, and there was a Game Boy and a Nintendo DS and in there along oh, the way. Yeah. So, okay. I've yeah. got like all the DS. I've got so many consoles. I can't even like. Yeah, but I don't even... have any of them. That's the I thing. Know. Really? I have any... Yeah, I'm because I'm bad at like just keeping things so like i wish i I'd wish i'd been better because especially with the n64 but yeah all my old consoles they're just they're not around but and mm. that's kind of it's kind of sad i have like most of the nintendo consoles like at least the main ones like not including like any lights and blah 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 i'm missing an nes an n64 and a wii u okay i feel the wii, wii u you could I mean, a lot of people miss that. So I know um, I still want one though for my collection. Also, I do, I would like an N sixty four just for the c- complete set, you know. But okay. well, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the N sixty four. I mean, much. I could have a chat with my brother and my sis, and maybe just maybe um, that could be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Those people. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, it was just my brother because my brother got the sixty-four. Although I don't know where it is, to be frank. Um, and my brother got the Wii U, mm. and it's just sitting there in our house collecting dust. The Wii U is definitely like 
especially if there's a few games that I'm like, if they do not port them to Switch, like I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm already like, why have we still not got the the HD me- remake of Wind Waker on Switch? Like, why? Like, where are, where are my games? Where are my HD remakes? They must be working on that though, because they, they just did. I think oh, they're just they waiting. Just... They've got so much, so much of a catalog to get through. There's like, yeah. we've got games for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should, so, we, uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, because so now we've got everyone's like history uh, on the table. So, uh, like I said, at, at some point, allow you stop playing games. But when we were doing that E3 episode, uh, one of the things that came out was Google Stadia. And the concept of streaming games was something that was intriguing to you. And mm. I think we ended the episode saying, like, we might check in and see if that's the thing that's going to bring Lao back into gaming. So I guess simple question is, like, has that brought you back into gaming? Well, lots happened since that, <laughs> um, that conversation. And I guess the simple answer is no. No, it did not. <laughs> Um, sadly so, and I say this because I am a big fan of Google, but of course, as we all know, Google, um, have a funny way of doing things. And, um, I almost feel as if, yeah, I mean, like, for example, I jumped in on Google plus like way back when, and we all know how that went. Um, (laughs) and there've been a few others as well (laughs) that I've been like, oh, this is really cool. And, you know, to be fair to Google, they let Google plus continue probably longer than they should have, but they, they let it go for a bit, you know, just to see if they could breathe some life into it. And I think with Stadia, um, uh, yeah, I think they made a number of mistakes and maybe they rushed it out too quickly. Um, I'd say maybe they did there. Um, yeah. But a lot of people... there was a lot of pressure on, you know. Yeah. Was there really? From who? From themselves, from, maybe. From the, themselves, which is like the gaming industry in general. Like they wanted to get their foot really in it, and they're like, "What can we do that like we need to get in there before like X Cloud comes out? We need to like make our mark as like the like game streaming service now." Uh, and mm-hmm. they they made a mark. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it was the right some one. kind of mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a mess. <laughs> I mean, like for me, I was I actually told my older sister, oh, you know, like because I don't normally ask for birthday presents, but if there's something I I actually think, oh yeah, that'd be kind of cool to get, um, you know, I'll just say, yeah, hey, yeah, maybe get me this thing. So I was kind of like pressing her, saying, hey, yeah, get me the Stadia thing, um, and then eventually I had to tell her like about a week before she was gonna buy it. No, 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 don't bother. Because, oh, really? yeah, yeah, I told her not to bother because, well, for one, she missed the pre-order and I wanted that special controller and she missed that. So I was like, oh, forget that. Um, but uh, beyond that, it was just some of the things that were coming out from the news. Um, yeah, just not good reception from yeah. <laughs> people. And I think... Actually- before you continue, just to recap and like summarize Stadia for if anyone doesn't know, so uh, Stadia being um, Google's entirely uh, cloud-based gaming service where you can yeah just sort of start playing games through any device uh, through the Chrome browser, and I think it came out in November 2019. So the promise was you'd get uh, like 4K gaming, 60 frames. 
great selection of of uh, of games um and i think what or at least the initial reaction to the news um about it was oh this is like netflix but for games and it certainly i think there were many things they didn't quite hit but even from the beginning it was like no this isn't actually netflix uh for games there's a lot of things that weren't quite the same so mm. yeah what, what were some of the things that like you just like got you off the um off the bandwagon so to speak well you know what let me <laughs> just before i answer that i'm gonna kind of jump a little bit further back and say what what actually got me interested <laughs> okay because um <laughs> to be honest i was not looking or checking for games um at all i was kind of happy with my life and then Google popped up and they were like, hey. And I think the key thing was like the, the backdrop is I'm at this point watching uh, Amazon Prime videos. I'm watching Netflix. So I'm, I'm kind of used to this idea of maybe paying a fee every month or not, as the case may be, tongue in cheek, and, and getting access to like a library of content. And yeah just being able to dip in and dip out as I see fit. So the way Google Stadia was presented, and they really should have clarified this from the outset, um, was potentially it could be that. Um, so uh, that got my interest because I was like, yeah, I'd love the idea of just being able to become a gamer again, maybe for a month, and then stop if I decide actually, now I think I'll continue as a non-gamer. Um, so that was one of the biggest draws for me. And then also the fact that I didn't have to invest in a, in a console. And, and by the way, if there's any challenges to this model listening, like pay close attention because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person out there that for one reason or the other isn't gaming anymore. Like I, I didn't want to invest all that money in a console. Nothing against consoles. I think they're great. They do what they're supposed to do. But for me, I'm just kind of putting my money elsewhere. I buy books and stuff like this. Um, in any case, I was like, oh, this seems pretty cool. I don't mind paying like maybe 10 to 20 pounds a month for something that will give me access to all this stuff again. And if it comes with a library, even better. So number one, Stadia did not come with a library of games included in the fee. Um, and number two, and this was the more painful part, um, was that the prices of the games that you had to buy um, were more than you would pay on the consoles. And then the Wait, final... Wait, more? Yeah, you'd pay more for... I didn't even know that. I've yeah. Never... I know. This was why... Wait, how much were... more? And why? I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know the whole idea where you pay RRP, but really you yeah. don't, really, because people will charge a little bit less if you buy it from wherever. Um, but no, they, they were honoring the RRP or whatever the term is these days. Um, so, um, yeah, if the publisher says it should be 70, then you're paying 70, and not a penny less. Um, right. And I think there are probably business reasons why they had to do that. Something tells me Google weren't just being greedy. I think they kind of had to, but I can't confirm that one way or the other. I mean, um, sorry to chime in. That is an issue. Like, obviously, like I'm an Xbox gamer, and I have a lot of... Uh, I've sort of started to collect a lot of digital games. Yeah. And the way we justify buying digital games is that we game share. So we are logged in. Uh, me and Tom are logged in on each other's consoles, and we can play ones that the other person owns digitally. Um, 
and the digital games are just so expensive <laughs> um but then they have sales and then we sort of like tend to get them on sales or we're like if it's new we're like uh, we want this game enough it's going to cost us effectively half price between because we're splitting it between us okay. uh, but in general yeah digital games are expensive uh, but of course you can get around that with consoles like you said you can you can go to like various outlets and get a digital code uh, which is a bit cheaper or whatever but how yeah. much are we talking these days because like my, for me when I kind of jumped off the game in bad bandwagon um, I'm paying at most 45 for a game, but most of the time I would normally come in at about 30. <laughs> like 60 pounds. I rest my Plus. case, people. Like, that's how much games are, like, out, like, that day one, you know, game price, 60 pounds, yeah. and then you've got DLC, so. Um, <laughs> And then you've but got, I, like, the Elite Editions and yeah. all that jazz. Yeah. I think for, like, Destiny 2, I mean, I was like, this is crazy. Uh, but I was like, if you're going to, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, we, It was, like, 90-plus pounds. And then, I believe, Whoa. then there was, like, uh, the first game, the first, like, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called like season pass uh and then that was like another like 30 40 quid or something like that something wow. crazy so that's a lot of money to drop in a game we don't even play anymore and it's free to play now like <laughs> mm. um, wow. don't do that often so you uh, technically and made it possible for it to become free to play that's the way i kind of read that one yeah, because I have a, a partner that <laughs> likes to buy games uh, yeah. day one. <laughs> it's an interesting model, I must say. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I think we'll probably discuss it a little bit later. But the the way in which games have changed in light of all this, but suffice it to say, the cost made it a like a no go for me because I was like, all right, fair enough, I can drop you know a hundred and twenty. Um, I'll get a controller with that, which I can probably use for other things, right? Um, I'll also get a um, Chromecast Ultra, which, again, I can use for other things. So it's not all, like, you know, lost money if the thing doesn't work. But it was just the fact that, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I want to be paying 60 quid for a Tomb Raider game that came out last year. Um, like, I just wasn't used to that. <laughs> so... So it's just like, nah, I, I can't I can't do it. It'd have to be a game I really want to play. Um, and then I heard that you can't... I, I mean, like, if anything happens to Google Google Stadia, your games are gone, effectively. Like, it's not like yeah. uh, you bought them on Steam and you, you own them. That they transfer. Yeah, exactly. I think it, that's part of the problem with just the... I guess the... Im not, I was going to say the image. The reputation of Google that they will and have abandoned projects that don't um that don't perform as whatever their expectation is so and you can do that if you're talking about uh what's the thing google plus like fine you can you can do that but uh with games i feel that's something where that's a big thing to hang over where you know like mm. you can reasonably be not expect like they will do it but it's not out of the realm of possibility for Google a year or two years down the line to say, well, actually, the same performing as well as we expected, let's scrap it. And then all that money you've invested, suddenly you've got literally nothing 
to show for it. And I think that mm-hmm. put off a lot of people, like mm-hmm. like you say. Especially yeah. like the audience that, I mean, I don't even really know who the audience is for Google Stadia. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's more for sort of like casual players, but then the price doesn't quite reflect that. Um, yeah. So it's a bit, um, I feel like they should have thought about their target audience a bit more before they even announce yeah. this this product because yeah. um, if you're an experienced gamer you, you've got a pc or a yeah console. and you're gonna drop that money on it you know yeah. um like so and then it was like pro, like the the 4k that didn't even actually happen uh 60 frames i feel like they could have just scrapped trying to do that just gone to like normal hd you know you know uh maybe kept the 60 frames but you know 30 to 60 frames um have the games like I, it's the fact that the games are old games as well mm-hmm. uh set as a subscription base or maybe you have options like a subscription service and then or a buy service uh but the, it would need to be cheaper um but it's like who are you who is this for because <laughs> the casual gamer doesn't trust you uh to not they're not going to get to finish a game because it seems like you're not going to be around for long enough (laughs) because they're going to pick it up once a month um and you're not there for the for the big gamers because even if you was offering that actual 4k and sort of going for people that can't maybe afford as powerful as a machine that they want and you kind of lost them on on the library the lack of library functionality i don't know yeah just yeah just so many issues (laughs) so many issues and and to be honest it's sad because i genuinely wanted to see this thing um succeed or at least be like um a contender do you know what i mean Mm. Uh, i I know everyone's not like a big google fan i just happen to be um so yeah it is a shame to be honest i like the look of their controller i thought it looked pretty sleek um yeah just generally disappointed so i've just forgotten about them you know just kind of let them stay in the corner until they sorted themselves out um if they do i mean realistically yeah realistically stadia is going to disappear maybe like in a couple years time we're going to see a new product it's not called stadia anymore but you know it's built off it was built off stadia because we see them do that uh they've done it with their youtube like subscription service Mm. uh Right. They've done it with other products before where they scrap the initial product, but they use whatever they've learned from that in a new product somewhere else. Yeah. And I feel that's a good way for, like like you say, Google, um, for Google to learn. But I just feel in this, particularly in this arena, this gaming arena, you're not going to get that chance really after yeah. it would have yeah. been useful for them to maybe take more time to figure out like first of all who is this thing um, for and then provide the service that speaks to them because mm. it, it's almost like they've tried to cater for everyone and yeah I've you know I haven't been to many marketing um, classes but I know enough to say that is not a thing you have to mm. like pick your audience and go from there, yeah. um, but and grow, then, grow and expand after that point if you if you want to hit yeah, everyone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You like go from a go from a foundation. So I'd be interested to see the changes they make. But then, yeah, again, like is it's almost like too little, too late. But to your point, uh, Tazzy, about 
sort of building on existing technology like even the the concept of like streaming games there was that uh, service called on live that was i don't know five or more years ago that mm. came out and Way ahead offered of its time yeah so <laughs> it, it didn't work out and a big thing was just the, the the need to have a certain level of internet connection which is not um sort of prevalent enough in you know in the markets it's selling in so it, it didn't work but then it it did get uh bought by sony um assuming some of that technology is integrated into their service and then just the concept of streaming games is now you know more of a thing so you've got google stadia and i know lao you were saying that uh recently you had so you didn't get to try stadia but you did try uh nvidia's geforce now and you had some like feedback on that as to how that works it's a slightly different model than what yeah. stadia are going for yeah um in fact i i was a beta tester i was so excited when i got selected i was like yay <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> like literally a week before they went live but <laughs> anyway um but yeah so the, the whole idea with um geforce now is um in a similar way to google stadia um you can play on multiple devices pc um, I think like a NVIDIA Shield, which is some sort of TV thing. I don't know what it is. Um, and then I think also mobile. But um, I was using my laptop. And the idea was that, uh, unlike Google, um, you could play games that you actually own in on different platforms. Um, so like Steam and, you know, all the other ones, because uh, I can't remember the names. But um, so what the, what the good thing was about that was that I was able to log in straight away and I could just search for, say, demos, because obviously I didn't own any games. But I figured, hey, I'll just play a bunch of different demos and see how it works. Uh, and, of course, the free-to-play games. So one of the first games I thought I'd try, because I'd never played it, was Fortnite. Um, and I jumped on. And, I mean, to my surprise, you know, the, the graphics were maxed out. Um, <laughs> and it was actually responsive. Uh, yeah, I was really blown away, to be quite frank. I was like, I can't tell that this is streaming now don't get me wrong there are a few artifacts here and there like in a few like kind of very um i guess fast-paced uh kind of moments but it wasn't that often that that happened um and that was really more down to just my connection but generally speaking the the graphics held up um i later tried destiny 2 um and kind of did the intro for that which was pretty epic and yeah, again, it was running smooth as butter, at least for me. Um, and back then, because obviously it was in beta, uh, I got into the game in next to no time. So I'm talking kind of click to play the game. It's maybe like 10 seconds of, okay, we're just connecting you to a server. Then once you get into a server, you've got another screen. So you're basically on a virtual machine at that point, and it starts up Steam straight away. And then from there, you would... Uh, select the game and because of course like you would typically download it it would download to the virtual machine that process takes about 10 seconds if not quicker and then it's just going straight into the game from there and then it runs as you would expect on a pc so it was a really good experience and um, the cool thing was that you know geforce now is running in two tiers um, which Google Stadia was supposed to be running. I'm not sure if they're doing it yet. So they've got a paid tier and a free tier. 
And actually, it's got to the level where actually the, the pay tiers sold out. You can't even get it anymore. Um, they've basically maxed them out, probably because they need to build more capacity because everyone's at home because of COVID. But anyway. Um, <laughs> what do you but, get for the pay tier? Um, you, don't get, you don't need to wait. You can get into the game straight away. But now I'm literally like behind 400 people if I want to play a game because they've got that many people playing. Right. Uh, that's on, on, the, these, on the free tier on the free tier and i was waiting for oh. something like half an hour 40 minutes or so uh and in in the end um because i was just trying to kill some time <laughs> um the thing i needed to do came up so i wasn't able to play um, so, <laughs> so but it was it was still kind of fun now this is like literally just last week just to kind of put some context on this so obviously there's a lot of people playing online now and mm. if you've got a free service where you can play um, not with ray tracing, um, that's only for paid, but um, <laughs> in the beta, ray tracing was available, but now, unfortunately, it's not. Um, but yeah, you know, you can you can have a basically a, a proper kind of souped up machine. I, I don't know, like, it just seemed great. But there is one downside to the service, um, which was one of the problems of Stadia, and it's started to happen with uh, GeForce Now, which is the library was shrinking um, soon after the service went live, um, I can't remember who it was first, but a bunch of different libraries just started pulling out, like different publishers. Um, I think Rockstar pulled out, um, and then a bunch of other places. Oh, was it? <sighs> Name me some publishers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, um, I, I know some indie Ubisoft, games pulled out as no, well. No, Ubisoft were Ubisoft stuck with them. Yeah, they yeah. more recently Activision. said. Yeah, it was Activision. Yeah, so Activision Blizzard, Activision. like they, they were like, "Sorry, we, you know, we didn't know it was gonna be like this. We're out or something crazy like that." Um, and I think that the issue was a kind of around some legal technicalities. Um, yeah, licensing. So yeah, I yeah. guess the the issue I can see with them having is because you're saying I can buy a game on Steam, um, and then. Wait, play I can it. buy a game and then play it through yeah. GeForce. Now, I guess for the, the companies, when they make a game, there's a license that says, you know, you can play this game on this platform and whatever other terms and conditions. And I guess in a sense, it's, this idea is breaking that, any licensing agreements they would have with the existing platforms like Steam or uh, mm-hmm. Epic Game Store or whatever. What's the yeah. other one? So Activision Blizzard have their own... Uh, oh yeah and they've got their own yeah they've got their own so everything's pumped through them um and yeah like because i saw this issue and i was like this is silly (laughs) i mean i'm sure for them like business-wise they're like no it's taking money away from us blah blah but i feel like it's not and okay i'm just i'm just a consumer here um and I'll hand, hold my hands up and say, like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a consumer. I play games. And, um, but they're pulling out of something I've, like, I've paid for these games already. Like, uh, NVIDIA's GeForce now kind of acts like, a, like you said earlier, a virtual machine. Um, and you're, you're, it's not like you're not paying for that game. You're, you still have to buy it. Um, mm. it's just it's just giving you another machine to play it on. Like I can log into any computer 
and log into my Steam account or my Epic account or my um, uh, Blizzard Activision account, download the games and play them as long as I'm logged in. So I don't see why you can't do that on a virtual PC, essentially, is what yeah. this service is offering. Um, I don't know. I think it's the technicality yeah. around that because I did a little bit of reading on this because I was quite interested and um, the crux of it is that because GeForce Now presents itself as an exclusive uh, platform for gaming, in other words, when you log into that virtual machine, the only thing you can do is play the game you just said you'd like to play. Mm. Um, I mean, it still brings up like Steam or the Ubisoft like platform or whichever one you need, but um, because that's the only thing you can do, then it's basically offering a service akin to a, a gaming cafe where they've got certain games that you can play. And mm -hmm. apparently there are license agreements in place for those guys. So why should yeah. NVIDIA uh, be able to do their own sort of virtual version of that? Mm. You know, we want to have agreements. Um, so that was kind of the crux of what the problem was. Uh, I guess uh, that's why Shadow uh, kind of have the upper hand on GeForce because they're, they, they're like your gaming PC, but you can run any software on there. Like I know people that use it for editing. Mm. Um, so, what's the difference between Shadow and GeForce Now, like in regards to the that whole licensing thing? Because they're a the similar thing. You like a virtual machine essentially, and you're streaming the gameplay on. So, Shadow is literally a virtual machine. It right. You can run. You you run a desktop on there, and you can run. You can put whatever software. So, you, it's essentially a computer that you have, but that. You don't need to have the physical computer with you. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess that's where it draws the line from what Lau's saying yeah. is because NVIDIA is acting as a games only uh, right. platform uh, and Shadow is acting as as a PC, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I get it from, you know, sort of a bit plain devil's advocate or trying to see it from the publisher's side because they've got a a deal that says we made this game and we have a you know financial deal with say steam that uh you get it from steam and you play it on your pc mm. but then along come nvidia and say you can also play it on this platform without yeah. without necessarily agreeing with that publisher for the rights to play on that platform so from the perspective of the consumer it's like yeah i've paid for this game so you know i've, I've legally paid paid for this game i just want to play it which makes mm -hmm. sense but then i guess when a publisher they're like we've got an agreement for this condition you've now brought in this other condition which yeah. we have not <laughs> agreed we've on. not we've not even thought about yet because yeah exactly <laughs> it's and, like and a, a condition that is just copy and pasted since however long you know, battles yeah. existed. <laughs> Do you know what? That is like Nando's or KFC coming for a new sort of hotel <laughs> that has sprung up to say, you know what? If you want to eat in the just in luxury, you can yeah. bring your KFC or your Nando's or McDonald's or whatever you want to eat. Take it from the restaurant. Just just come and chill in our like you know in our luxury um, kind of facilities, and then. 
these restaurants say, wait a second, no, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm guessing well, the problem Did I not there. pay for the food? Yeah. <laughs> you, did you not just give me takeaway food for me to take, take away. out of your restaurant? <laughs> well, no, even if you bought it to eat in, in the vicinity, you can still ask them for a doggy bag. Yeah, like, exactly. You get my drift. Any restaurant, even like a, a one of the kind of fancier restaurants, will let you take the food oh, away and like eat that. it wherever you want. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's in... the fact that you're publicly eating it in this restaurant, hotel restaurant that allows you to bring in your own food. Yeah, uh, and it has and all you, their their market it on the it. window, so allow everyone else can see that you're eating <laughs> yeah. it, and now and they maybe, want to do the same thing. Well, I feel like maybe it is as well. It's like that restaurant, that fancy hotel restaurant. It's kind of like when you bring in your food from McDonald's, they slap their sticker over it. <laughs> but you can still see that it's McDonald's, but it's McDonald's at you're eating McDonald's at wherever yeah. they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> and they're like, so, whoa. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing the problems with like the whole publisher thing, licensing thing, because you mentioned there's a pay tier, and I'm mm. guessing whenever they introduced that was when the problems came about. I don't know this, but I just imagine, because then you're now in a situation where not only are you, well, in their mind, denying us you know, another stream of revenue, but you're now making money off that. Uh, and I can imagine that annoying uh, a lot of companies. You know what? There's like a really simple solution to this. And, you know... <laughs> maybe they're like no that's too simple and like or you know people they the companies just haven't agreed to it but just have like a you pay like an extra two pounds for a game to play on the nvidia g4 yeah like now so that you know <laughs> yeah i figured like, the solution you know, we're is giving simple. you some money but yeah it, you're not taking away any any it's not like because the thing is that by playing it on um, NVIDIA GeForce now you're not actually you're not taking away any custom in fact you're bringing more uh, because there's a lot of people that don't have a powerful enough machine to play mm. uh, I know Overwatch um, and so they've never bought it before uh, but they want to want to have that experience and and or like they they already have uh, Overwatch and they play it a lot but they're away for two months yeah, and they want to be able to play on their phone. They're going to uni, and they can't bring their high spec PC with them yeah. Uh, yeah. because it's uni, um, <laughs> you know. And they're they're gonna play it more. So, yeah, I feel like the simple solution would just be like, let's just like add a really small amount that people are gonna be like, ah, it's the price of I I think like it's the price of a drink. <laughs> uh, I can pay that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then there's a new license that goes on top of the license, you know, it gets really complicated. I don't know. Yeah, not so a lawyer. you get lawyers. Yeah, um, so you get lawyers yeah. involved. Uh, I think these cats well. need to be careful. I really do. They should just listen to you, Tazzy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, because, like, it's looking like a bit of a bloodbath over the streaming yeah. stuff, like the streaming wars. I'm sure someone's already called it that. Like, it... <laughs> it's getting a bit crazy because really and truly all the publishers like with all due respect they need to just sit down yeah like sit down and listen to what what the people mm. playing their games want because i know it's a big problem for me um too many launchers 
have too like many new, launchers oh, yeah, like on my games. PC. Like I have Steam, and then some games on Steam have their own launcher on top of the Steam launcher. I have Origin, and oh, I have Origin you mean access. Launch? Okay, yeah, yeah. I got you. So I got like look, and then when I'm trying to like look for my games as well, like it would be great if there was just an app that like accumulated all of your games, your whole yeah. game library. Across to be every fair, app. yeah. To be fair, Even that that is one great thing about it as well. Um, GeForce yeah because you can just type the name of the game and then okay. and it's like whatever launcher it's on it's just like here we go yeah oh, really? like mm-hmm. um and I know like everyone wants everyone to be in their in their ecosystem but you know what we ignore your ecosystem anyway <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see but I think it's such a new it's so new like you know I feel this is it's like such a new consumption of 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 gaming and yeah it's going to evolve, it's going to change, we're going to learn, and we're going to hopefully sit in a, a comfortable place where publishers, consumers, and platform deliverers are happy. <laughs> so th- this reminds me a little bit of like the whole going from album, like selling albums to selling singles, and the music industry sort of being built on this concept of if anyone, even if you just want the one single, you have to buy the album. Therefore, you're not just buying, you're not just spending a little amount. You have to get the whole album and whatever that costs. And then along comes Steve Jobs and and Apple off the back of the whole Napster thing where it just showed consumer habits have changed. So people just want like singles in a lot of cases. And if you don't provide a legal way to do it, they're going to find another way. And eventually the music industry adapted uh, and even now with music we're all in the kind of streaming world uh, anyway so I guess for a lot of this is kind of the the expected shock at just the different ways people are accessing their games but then the the business model needing to catch up to the point where the publishers are like okay we're we're okay everyone's getting paid everyone's you know we're all happy with this this new deal this new way of playing now we can continue with this whole thing so yeah, I feel like that's kind of a whole new platform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it kind of reminds me of like the the Oasis and Ready Player One, though. Um, because that's and watch that. Um, okay, so non-spoiler uh, breakdown. The this is just like the premise of the world. Anyway, this will help you uh, read it. Um, <laughs> the Oasis exists it's kind of like the new internet but it started as a an, a, a free-to-play mmo uh, with virtual reality gear um you just had to buy the virtual reality gear uh, so not actually free to play you pay like one dollar and then you I have it for that. life yeah it's great Seems um fair. but then it's like on a pay like there's things inside it that you have to pay for and it gets expensive at that point but it's still great. Um, but so it started to exist and it became like the new internet. So then all games, all existing games started to exist within the Oasis, which originally was an MMO, but kind of just turned into the virtual world. So, and you have like one avatar and then you just gain XP to that one avatar right. rather than like, you know, playing one game here level it up and then starting a new game over here level it up you know what i mean yeah um, and all your all games and everything all games movies everything that's ever existed media wise exists within the oasis uh 
sort of like everyone's happy because you can pay for stuff <laughs> inside of it like it's just the ecosystem yeah mm. it's just like there's just one we just get everything from the one but i mean that reality is really hard to to acquire because the oasis was like created by uh two like gamers themselves and right. they really valued everyone's uh per- like privacy they got like yeah that's not ruling space yeah <laughs> uh and like they weren't like this evil conglomerate uh yeah that's gonna steal your data yeah steal your data and use it against you and make you pay for everything um that would right, be so, the ideal ecosystem. <laughs> speaking of um, evil conglomerates, because uh, all right, so Lau, you've got this. Are you, are you still are you still using GeForce now? Um, like, where are we on this this journey of like you maybe or may not be getting into gaming again? So obviously, when I started hearing all these games getting pulled out of GeForce now, it didn't exactly fill me with hope. So <laughs> I haven't uninstalled it. It's still on my laptop, but. Um, I rarely dip in, to be honest. Um, okay. So I'll probably, you know, maybe play a few free-to-play games every now and then. But I, I mean, I'll probably have to wait now until the server capacity's upped. Because, like I said, right. with your if you're a free member, which I am, you can be waiting for a long time. So that means you have to really want to play like that hour if yeah. you if you want to play a game. And I don't know if I'm at that stage yet. So I guess mm. you'll have to check in with me again in another five months. Five, yeah. <laughs> okay. So because I I wanted to why well, I didn't want to end this conversation before uh, we touch on just gaming in general and because mm. we had a discussion um, like recently about just the state of the industry and how that kind of I guess impacts you and wanting to get into games just seeing how things are from your perspective. So like what do you see as yeah, as the state of like gaming and and how does that make you feel about wanting to get back into games? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I've had a conversation with you, so I'm I'm able to kind of form my thoughts a little bit more clearer. Yeah. Um, and the way I would describe it is the face of gaming to those who do not game um, is very, shall we say, stagnant if you compare it to where it's come from. So, like, maybe five, ten years ago, there were certain types of games that you'd ex- you would see and you'd be like, wow, that's really, like, game-changing. I've never seen anything like that. You know, your big open worlds, your Call of Duty, Modern Warfares, and and, like, and all the like. Um, and your kind of MMO RPGs and all that kind of stuff. So, for someone that's coming, like, a decade plus later and seeing what's on like the face i mean like the storefront now mm. um and you see more of the same in fact there's so much sameness just in terms of what's being pushed out there the first stuff that you come across that i, I just wonder like are we really innovating in any way um don't get me wrong you definitely see better graphics but even then the quantum leaps that we saw before, uh, I'd say we're in that kind of realm of diminishing returns now. We're talking about, okay, we can now see strands of hair, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's great. It does, does change the experience. But, I mean, honestly, mm. like, it's 
it, it's fun for maybe the first few minutes and then it's like okay what's the mission what do i need to do you know so those things can only really hold someone like myself for a, a short while and to be honest what what do i love about gaming what did i love about gaming it was the it was the experiences it was the adventure and for me i think like reflecting on it it was story and how story was conveyed in the form of gaming and the different kinds of stories that were out there and i was always keen to play a game that was trying something a little bit different um and presenting a different experience uh so yeah it it doesn't seem like there's a lot of that going on and that's not to say it isn't because obviously we had a conversation and like you highlighted that for example the switch is doing a lot of stuff on the indie front which i think yeah. is great but at the same time um that for me as someone just coming in blind that doesn't necessarily know where to look it's not obvious so yeah i i'm kind of like mm, i don't know how much we're really innovating and if i want to be honest i think there's always going to be people out there um kind of indie developers that are going to be pushing the envelope doing something new but what would really encourage me is to see some of the bigger players taking more risks um, and launching new IPs and new ways of playing games, um, kind of like Nintendo does every so often, because um, that's what really gets attention um, and helps things move forward. Now, I could say a lot more, but that's just kind of like my mm. overview. Yeah, because... Oh, go on, Tazzy. I was going to say, I feel like we're going to see that with the next sort of generation of gaming. Because uh, obviously, uh, like, games love to, like, push that, like, graphical limit. And it's like, how many frames can we get in? How much detail can we get in? Especially on, like, PC. And then a lot of games are, like, available across PC and console. Um and I think what people are realizing, especially with the Switch, is like, wow, the Switch is like really behind on the whole like graphic fronts and power front. But it's doing well. Like people are loving it. Um, mm. And now, like, obviously, as technology grows, we're getting to a point where, you know, there's only so much you can do with graphics. Like mm. it's, it's, you know, where can you go after it looks real, like it's real? you know can you get more real than real I don't know um and I feel like they're coming back to like okay so now we need to innovate with gameplay and um story as well as like mechanics and I think with sort of like the next generation we'll get to see that or I hope I kind of I kind of think it will but also I'm like eh um because a lot of the a lot of like the big companies just don't know how to do that but saying that a lot of the big companies are like like big publishers are like okay uh, we've got our triple a development and we're gonna put money into that but we've also put a, like, aside indie uh, and we're gonna like put money into that and allow them to have more freedoms um but with with money um and like here you go i mean i don't that's just what i see from the outside um yeah and then that will help because when they see when a publisher like lets an indie studio do something and they're like okay cool we see that uh let's either give them more money and let them become a bigger game or 
um, like apply some of that to our big AAA titles. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I feel like when Larry, when we first had the conversation and uh, you were talking about sort of gaming not innovating and not, you know, having interesting uh, experiences, um, obviously I disagreed with you uh, then and to a certain extent still do now. But, uh, and then you, you showed me the, uh, you sent me that video, the decline of, of gaming, which made a lot of the, the same points. Um, and yeah, surprisingly, I kind of, I remember saying I agreed with things in there more than I thought I would. Uh, but then I felt a lot of it, a lot of the arguments were not necessarily against gaming, but against capitalism, essentially. Mm. And it reminded me of the the whole controversy around um, Martin Scorsese and um, him saying sort of, you know, the, the comic book, the superhero movie, uh, the superhero franchise movie isn't cinema and that upsetting a lot of people, myself included, even we did a whole uh, podcast show uh, on it, uh, Tazzy and me. And, mm. But so I, I feel this is a similar thing because what, again, and I didn't agree with Martin Scorsese to a certain extent, but it was the, the core of his argument is essentially saying that because there is so much uh, money involved in these films, it reduces the risk that they can take. So on one hand, it reduces the, the risk that the big, the AAA game uh, makers will take on their games. And the fact that they have so much money and so much, they take up so much oxygen. Like you said, love from the person looking outside, that's what they see. So the, the, the face of gaming is, it, are these that AAA quote unquote samey experiences, but because they've got so much uh, money, so much power in that space, they dominate the attention. So you then, it's easier to miss these indie experiences, which I feel, are some of the experiences you're probably looking for. You're just not going to find them necessarily in the same places you would be, you would expect to find them when you were playing on uh, the Dreamcast, GameCube, N64, whatever uh, it might be. And I feel that's part of the, the issue where we're at, where because gaming has grown and there's so much money involved, the risk has increased to the point where it becomes harder to make a case to take a risk on a new type of game and I think Nintendo should always get credit for essentially every generation doing something that's just different than what they did the previous one yeah and mm. sometimes most of the time it works sometimes uh it doesn't um yeah. but I think it, when they try to not push as big like the Wii U was like the biggest flop uh and that was yeah. like the smallest difference like and then the Switch was I mean yeah Exactly. The, the one time it didn't just blow out of the water. They, yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. I think because they, they set a precedent for themselves that, you know, we do different things. Mm. And so yeah. that's what we've come to expect from them. And when we, we didn't get that, it was like, well, why should we care? You know? Yeah. Mm. Like, I mean, no, they didn't even change the name, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. No one really knew what that console was doing. And I feel like, as well, a lot of the things that we thought the Wii U was going to be is kind of like what the Switch is. Yeah. Like that sort of, like, play... I don't. I remember, like, way back, it was like, play wherever. And it turned out it was like, no, the tablet thingy can, like, act as an extra... Like, have extra stuff. It's kind of the second screen on your DS. Mm. <laughs> 
yeah, can't take it anywhere. Yeah, but you can't like actually take it away from it. But before it was kind of yeah, and then maybe yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't, I've still not played a Wii U, so I can't really say much about it. Yeah. I played like one Mario game on there. It was basically like an alpha version of the Switch. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, it does kind of it does make me worry a little like so like the past few games i've played on uh, my playstation the last ones i've completed are uh the last of us spider-man and god of war uh which are all amazing amazing games but i can see if i take, take myself out of myself and i can see someone looking at say last of us and god of war uh, i take out spider-man just because everyone knows spider-man um they can look like the same, like they're not, and they're both like brilliant games. I highly recommend um, you you play them. But they, I can see someone just casually looking and saying, "Oh, sort of third person perspective. You control this uh, male character, and you have this this sidekick character." Mm-hmm. Okay, I've I've seen that before. I can see that. So I, I guess the the challenge for for gaming is: can you still innovate at that top level if you're not Nintendo and bring out experiences that can potentially bring back people like Lau who have been playing games. So it's not like Lau's someone who, you know, I've just played Candy Crush. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that, but I've no experience in sort of console, console gaming. Games, yeah. yeah. He's already on so these, that... already has experience with these types of games. And exactly. And it's about, but like my other thing, I've got like two things that have been brought up while you've been talking about it is like, um, like Last of Us is such an amazing game. Like, just put Ellie on the cover. <laughs> like, how how so, things yeah. are advertised could change it so much because Last of Us really is about Ellie. Ellie, yeah. Um, and it's amazing and it has an epic story. Like, I remember playing it through on a PS3 at at, um, at my ex's house, and his dad just like us pausing the game to go and like make some food or something and he'd be like oh just leave it playing and we're like it's a game and he's like <laughs> and at first he did, didn't even register that we said it's a game he's like yeah but just press play on it and we're like no 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 we're playing it it and showed him the, and he was like what i thought it was a film <laughs> <laughs> like and that's how how good it is yeah. it has such a stimulating story um like I was scared of the zombies in that, especially the clickers. But I just wanted yeah. to play it so badly that I overcome my fears. And the ended really stays the story. Yeah. Um, so that's like one thing. It's like maybe there's games that are really doing a lot of good but aren't advertised in the yeah. right way. They're still being like advertised I, like a male uh, dominant audience. Add to that like, point just before you make your second point. Yeah. Is so that the idea of putting Ellie, Ellie on the cover. And I feel, so I don't think this is true and I hope it's not true, but I feel like the gaming industry feels like if they were to put Ellie, uh, a girl on the cover, it would reduce the the size of the audience that would be interesting in the game. Mm. And I'm simplifying a probably more complex issue, but I feel like there are, there are people who if they see, even as I, I'm going to say this and it doesn't even make sense to me, but they'll, they'll see like a, a girl on the game and they're like, oh, that's not a, proper game or yeah or i mean we saw it with battlefield 5 don't we 
uh, oh, what happened with everyone went up really crazy because there was like a film like female soldier on the front of it and they were like right. so, oh, yeah a okay, female soldier point. didn't even exist then and blah blah and then like just all these stories about how a they did uh b it's and a video game yeah so i wonder like i don't know having alternate covers as well so i think it was like the special edition or something it was a, a different edition um and yeah like it, people really kicked up a, and I guess a that's small, loud, loud audience yeah, <laughs> kicked yeah. up a fuss. Um, so yeah, you're right. It is, and it's a, it's a bigger issue than that. Um, yeah. But maybe just like, I mean, it's a game. <laughs> maybe <laughs> just put alternate, have an alternate cover and an alternate game name. Just release See, everything I, like that. <laughs> I don't like it because I, I feel like. So I think, say, I the next Last of Us, just for an example. Like you, you can put Ellie in the game because either you you like the game or you don't. Why does it yeah. matter who's on there? But I feel like if you're you should do that and not say, oh, we're gonna have the game and here's an alternate cover. If you like having Ellie on, I feel they just just mm-hmm. make Ellie the the face of the I think game. They just do that on the second one because mm-hmm. they've already sold the IP, right? Everyone's sure. invested in the Last of Us. But I'm talking about like future new IPs. Yeah. Like have two names. And two covers. Don't tell anyone. Like, don't make it a deal. Like, no mm. comment anyone that wants to try an interview on it. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? Like, and we then are just in... see it. See what happens. Like an A and B test. I really want to. I really want a game to do this because film names get changed all the time for different, like different, yeah. era, different countries. Like, let's do it for for games. We'll have Last of Us and the Adventures of Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> And let's see how that sells. And then you'd get the audience that are like, I love this game so much. And then they realize that there's two different versions and they're like, I want both because I collect mm. things. You know, the funny thing about that is, I mean, what with games being digital now and all, it's so easy to A-B test different yeah. covers and names. So I don't know why they don't do this. Or maybe they're doing it and they're just not telling us. Who knows? But I think that's definitely something that would benefit. And like, I really like your point about how things are being advertised because the truth is, I think you did a better job of advertising Last of Us and same to you, Nigel, for like, say, um, what was it? Was it Horizon that you mentioned and God of War? Uh, oh, Spider-Man and oh, Sp- uh, God of War. God of War is, again, amazing. The Horizon was also good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like, still need to play that. <laughs> I've only played a little bit, but I enjoyed it a little bit. But you see, this is the thing. I think, like, Obviously, you've got to think about your audience, blah, 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 blah. But technology has made it possible to advertise in a very targeted way. So I I do think that there's some merit in considering how we advertise certain games and the things we highlight about the games to certain audiences. Because some people, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. Like, I I know what it's like to run around with the gun and shoot the bad guy. (laughs) Um, I've done it enough. And to be quite frank, if I don't do it again, it's okay. I've had my fill. So if that's what you're advertising to me, I'm not interested. Give me another reason to pick up this gun. Like, you know, am I defending my family? Because Mm. there's some, I don't know, (laughs) like evil dictator that's like, you know, trying to take over the country. I don't know. Like, give give me a reason that's compelling enough. And I'll be more interested to say, oh, you know, I'd like to play that. Mm. And I think uh, that's a big area they need to tackle. Yeah, and you definitely hit the nail on the head there. Like, digital advertising is so targeted. 
Um, there was an experiment that um, uh, at, at a course I was on about um, social media advertising um, and how effective uh, Facebook, in particular, this was particularly on Facebook, um, they could set up the parameters to the point where they advertised uh, something to their wife and it only appeared to their wife. Wow. Because they used the parameters like that. Well, obviously they know their wife, so they had a lot of in, a lot of things they could put into it to get to her. Uh, but yeah, and it was only seen on on like maybe that. I'm pretty sure he said it was just his wife's Facebook that it showed up on. Um, so that's how like targeted marketing can be. And I, I know that sounds super scary. And um, it does. <laughs> And like, it does. you know, I, if there's no way of sugarcoating it, Facebook is the pinnacle of of that targeting um, and having that information. Um, but even like Google ads, you know, can do that. And 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 Instagram somehow knows exactly what I want all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're owned by Facebook as well, so. Uh, but even Twitter started to do it. I'm like, Twitter, when did you get to know me so well? <laughs> I'm kind of scared. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so you can. And and even, like, if you're pushing a game out on, like, I don't know, Xbox, I have my own storefront. You could, they know that I'm female. Uh, they know my location. They know, they could push out a, they know what other games I've played they could push me out something specifically yeah. to to me. Um, and it's like, why is gaming not utilizing this better to mm. to fit? And I think it's like laziness. Yeah, I mean the money's it's, coming in, so yeah. it's yeah. why should we why should we bother? Like, um, we've done like our our diversity quote. We've hit that. And we're just going to leave it there. We're not going to try and get more audiences. We're not going to try and change the face of gaming. Um, And I feel like, yeah, it's just going to all happen naturally. Luckily, we have content creators, uh, which is a great way to discover games by watching people's streams like mine. (laughs) Um, And like, yeah. And the other, like, so the other point I was thinking of was like, so I have, and it's kind of on the, the 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 road of streaming but not quite streaming uh so i have xbox game pass um and boy do i have a library of games when people say oh want to get into a playstation xbox argument i'm like i'm not saying like xbox is better than playstation but i'm saying that xbox is the better console for me because my library is humongous and i would not have such a big library if I was on PlayStation, I would be paying a lot of money to not have that many games. And even before Game Pass, it was pretty big. Uh, and with games that I actually want to play and games that people want to wanna play. Um, and I've literally just seen something that like Nier Automata is coming to Game Pass. <laughs> oh, really? I just completed that or one version of it. Yeah. And I literally had just restrained myself from buying it on Steam. Um, because I I like didn't I was like I I'm trying to save so if like, I get to play all these games there's games on there like me we've discovered a game called For the King um, 
which I would have not discovered, but I had Game Pass and it was there and we wanted a couch co-op. And okay. we discovered it. That's the medieval one, right? Yeah, it's like it's a medieval like board game, but on a computer, but on the Xbox. And it's a ton of fun. Like we got really into it. We were literally there, like glued to it. We're like, we need to play it again the next weekend. We were like jumped on a new campaign, made it a bit harder, started to learn things. Um but yeah, like it's a great way to discover games and and um you know, eventually with xCloud, that'll be even better. Just having that whole library on my phone as well. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just having a bit of a moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so is that basically like Netflix? Um, yeah, kind of. You pay... I got it really cheap. Because I got it when they first announced uh, Game Pass. And so I had live and i played paid one pound to upgrade my live for the duration of the live um which is like i think i had like a year and a bit and then i went to the xo19 event and won uh i can't even remember how many years of game pass i won but it was quite a bit (laughs) i was like giving it some of it away um but i now have like three years of game pass on my account so and like I paid like a quid to upgrade it oh <laughs> from the live I already had. Um, but they do do like an like offers to have it, and I have Ultimate, so I can use. I have games on my PC as well that right. in like the Xbox ecosystem. Um, but yeah, and it's like okay, so now I'm gonna like upgrade to the next Xbox, and as much as I really want a PlayStation as well, because there's so many good games like exclusives. It's like. If I'm going to put my money on something, it's going to be Xbox because I know I'm like, I'm not a one game person. So I'm I'm a variety. I'm like, I want to play everything. Um, I want to play a lot of games. So, you know, like a handful of really great exclusives just isn't a console seller for me. Unless it's Nintendo. That's just, we all know that's different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's really like the services that are selling you on that. Yeah. Like, and the, the joke is, I used to be such, like, I was like, I'll never get an Xbox. Uh, PlayStation, Nintendo, yeah, uh, I'll not get an Xbox. Because I did not like the first, the first, first ever Xbox. I was like, it's a building. Um, <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> why would I want that? Um, and 360, like, I got it when the Kinect came out. Um, I got, like, the Slim with the Kinect. Um and then I don't know, I like fell in love with Xbox. And now like you have to pay for services on both of them. Like PlayStation yeah. just lost me on the on the thing that that originally like made me choose them over getting an Xbox to begin with. Well they used to be free, right? Yeah. Oh that was a long time ago. Free. <laughs> that was yeah, free. Yeah. Uh yeah. Because wow. that was when we used to play like GTA on the Xbox. Mm. That was ages ago. Yeah, mm. So, all right. So, I'm thinking, like, to as we like wrap up, just to get a feeling, because obviously, Lau, as you said, you're still not yet into gaming, but uh, I get the sense that it's not like a completely shut uh, case. There's still like a some small opening or some small glimmer. 
Uh, so just looking forward to like this next generation, uh, well, particularly with uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox uh, Series X, like is there, let's like all give like one thing that we want to see in the future, maybe not specifically to those platforms, but just the industry as a whole, just to see in the future, like one thing that you'd like to see and maybe for now, one thing you'd like to see that could bring you back in. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, everything crossplay, everything crossplay and crossplay, I want to be able to save across all my systems and I want to play without anyone. Uh, and that can be toggled on or off. Like, and then uh, character customization. Please, I just want my hair. <laughs> All I've ever wanted <laughs> in a video All game. this power, you can't change like, the character's it's hair. It's my hair to... <laughs> and, and my skin tone. Like, please learn about mm. skin tones because <laughs> it seems to go from like, like they don't understand like the the, the uh, like hue of a of a skin color. It like <laughs> they they don't understand tones. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of have like different different shades of white <laughs> and <laughs> like one kind of brown <laughs> and one yeah. kind of like yeah. darker brown. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, definitely see too much. I went into a makeup shop and I couldn't get like she didn't want to give me makeup for my mum because she was like, there's too like with your skin your shade like there's too many different undertones. So I don't want to get the wrong shade of makeup. She's like, if you're, if you're like white, if you're white, it's so much easier because there's way less undertones. But she's like, as soon as you get like a bit of like mix in there, it's, yeah, it's, wow. it's hard. It's hard to match. <laughs> okay. So she was like, I'll give you some samples and then you can <laughs> see which one feels best. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Lau, what? What? What do you want to see that could potentially bring you back into playing more games? You know, it's so simple. Um, it's really the kind of stuff I was playing before I left. Um, so my the last game I played before I, I left was actually Red Dead Redemption. Now, don't get me wrong. I know another one came out. I'm not actually <laughs> asking for that. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is um, that, you know, I've I've had enough of, of picking up the gun and, and shooting guys. Um, I, I don't mind driving the car from point A to point B. Um, and yeah, you know, it's been fun jumping on the bad guy's head and stuff like this. Uh, oh, or, or slashing, um, in the field against different like monsters that randomly appear for hundreds of hours and, and going on endless fetch quests. I've done it. So really what I'd like to see now is... I don't know, like, maybe people could make a game based on the stuff that's happening now. So maybe I'm trying to, I don't know, like, do something a little bit more like Mirror's Edge. Like, because right now we've got some interesting scenarios. Exactly. So, like, you know, how would you get parcels to people today? You'd probably have to risk dodging the police, um, (laughs) for example. (laughs) Um, Or or maybe you've got... Stay six foot, is it not two meters away from everyone at all times? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there are some interesting scenarios in life in general that could be translated into games. Um, I really like what's happening in the kind of uh, Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing space, 
why hasn't anyone made a realistic version of this game um, and wrapped a story around it? I mean, they could do it if they wanted to, but I think we're kind of limiting ourselves to cartoony versions of these games. Like, there are experiences that I think people out there really care about um, or they would care about if someone would make it. So I'd like to see a little bit more innovation in that sense where we start to see uh, a new types of game mechanics, which I'm happy for people to milk for at least 10 years, but I want to see more after that. Do you know what I mean? I understand that, you know, if you find something that works, then obviously, you know, make good use of it. I haven't got an issue with that, but I just feel like we're still riding off the coattails of shooters and True. hack and slashes. And, so you if know. there are any developers listening, from what Lau was saying, he wants like a survival version of The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> like, you know, scum ex-sims in modern society or slightly future yeah. society. I mean, it doesn't even have to be crazy. Like, you know, you could, if someone figured out a clever way of making like a K-drama into a game, you know, like something different, like surprise me, like, you know, because I, yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and one thing I'll say, just to prove my point, um, there was a really great game that came out by Level 5 called, I think, The Leighton Brothers. That was the name. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just a murder mystery. And there's loads of murder mysteries, but they only made that one game. If you check the ratings, this is on, it should be on Apple Store and also on them, the kind of um, Android Store. Um, the ratings are high. I think the download levels are quite high and they just never made anything else. It's almost like they just said, yeah, we've done what we need to do and we're done. And I was like, actually, you should explore more games like this because it was actually a pretty cool game for like mobile. And I, I just think, yeah, there's opportunities for the new experiences, new types of gameplay, um, new objectives. Um, like, is there a Doctor game? Oh, there was a Doctor game way back when. I've forgotten the name. Yeah, but, you know, it's just stuff like that. I'd love to see more of that. And, like, really, like, high-rated games that use innovative mm. gameplay and, and innovative goals as well. Um, that would be really cool. And that would get uh, me back in. I feel like there okay. are those games out there, and they just don't have the funding to be what, like, the uh, like a... a a fully fledged like a a nice game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for someone like you to to get their teeth into, um, and I think it is needed. And I th I think sort of the publishers need to see that they can give more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to some indie studios that are doing things like this. Um, what? Yeah. I think so. For me, and um, actually, before I say, I'm just gonna drop this uh, link just because someone mentioned I think Taz you mentioned like how much Facebook and uh, Google know uh, there's a link where you guys can check this out uh, I might put this in the show notes basically just shows you how much Google knows about you so how they build their ad profiles just based on what you've you know searched through the service what they who they think you are and it's kind of accurate uh, so you can scare yourself with that another time but just in terms of what I like to see and I guess I'd in a sense like echo what Lau was saying like I would I'd like to see a um sort of a diversity of perspective in the in the stories that games tell um and then also like in terms of mechanics so I know games 
from when it was you know sort of growing that the main way you would interact with the world is to shoot for something um and that's kind of carried through so what i'd like to see is how else can you interact with uh, with the world around you and i know again there are like indie games uh that you know go off in these different directions but uh, in some ways to make a a change across the industry almost to a certain extent has to come from like a triple a or you know like a um quote-unquote top big budget uh game so if we can get like different ways to interact with the world in a different perspective it would then i would hope bring more people so people like lao but people who might not have had the same sort of gaming history and then it's almost like a what do you call it like flywheel where the more diversity you get then the publisher would go oh there's different types of people so we can make different types of games and it just that builds upon itself um so that's something that uh, i'd like to see but yeah so this has been a really good discussion uh, actually i had uh, no idea how long this um is pretty much an intervention for lao even yeah. though we haven't gone play quite back games under. yeah play <laughs> games ultimately it's been like <laughs> oh it's like an hour and a half just us trying to convince lao to play games it more but um, full disclosure yeah. i do play mario kart on my phone from time to time but okay. does that really count i don't know it's someone i've, I've played it a bit that's it's a real game mario kart yeah yeah oh, i'll i'll allow that but um yeah so please do let us know what you think are you someone who is like into games do you play games regularly uh did you used to play games or are you someone looking for a way in but just haven't seen like the diversity of games that do exist but maybe just not as as prominent as your gears of war or call of duty or whatever it might be so yeah let us know um feedback at myamada.com is our email address or you can share your thoughts with us on social media our twitter is myamada instagram is myamada tees and tazzy is tazzy on on both so yeah, thank you, Lau, for joining us. It's been a yeah cool discussion, and um, at some point I'm going to go and play some games. Because <laughs> uh, I'm just like yeah, I just convinced myself to go and like spend the evening playing games. Um, so yeah, you can find this episode and other episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. If it's Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever it might be. You can also support us on Patreon and get episodes 24 hours earlier than everyone else. Uh, usually this is where I would um, plug uh, our own gaming event, Gamepad, uh, that is on on pause at the moment with uh, the world we live in. But you can check out our stories, our manga. Uh, we've got a new manga that has just been released, Hot Lunch Volume 1, in a bunch of different editions so you can check that out mymatter.com forward slash manga and when we are all allowed to leave our houses again you can come to gamepad whenever uh, that might be in the meantime stay tuned for more bonus episodes we're pretty much gonna just podcasting luckily is something you can do from the safety of your home so we're gonna drop in a few more bonus episodes alongside the already scheduled ones we had planned so yeah, just subscribe to us, follow us, wherever it might be, and you will be notified whenever those episodes go live. Once again, our email address is feedback at myamada.com. 
send us your feedback on anything we've discussed today and check out the website myamada.com forward slash story x story until next time stay tuned bye